I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Coogan Cassius for Eiffel TV, proudly sponsored by Everlast. I'm joined by Mr. Eddie Hearn. Do you know what was weird? Really weird. Yesterday, I got two or three. Actually, it was the day before because you've been pl- bugging me for a couple of days now, haven't you? Pete, like, messages on Instagram going, when are you going to do a sit down with Coogan? It's been too long. And you messaged literally straight after and I was thinking that's Coogan on the burner account you were trying to get it in my head weren't you that we're due a catch up and then you slid into my whatsapp with another one I know how you work it was too eerie you know when something you just think nah something's not right here um, right so what can I say about that first of all I haven't got a burner account probably have Probably haven't. You definitely have got a no, burner I account. I have You control about... I know, a lot of people, <laughs> I know a lot of people who have, but I've not got a burner account. Definitely. Okay. Well, look, we're here, and I do get, after there's a couple of weeks, I do get a lot of people asking if we've fall, fallen out. Oh, no, right, whether right. me and you have had a little bit of a tiff because nothing's been going on, I think that just speaks volume about our working relationship over the last 12 years. I just think we got a lot on, and we, we sometimes forget the, importances, the importance of these little sit-downs because they are important. One for our mental health and our sane sanity, but also for the people to keep them up to date. Normally gets me in trouble. That's why I try not to do as many of them anymore because I always speak my mind, my heart, and probably say something that's going to upset someone. But we're here for it, and and you're here for it. So let's do it. Let's see who you can upset today. Okay, so let's just timestamp this with where we are. It is Wednesday. It is around four o'clock, etc. Because you know things change in boxing. Sometimes I've got home and you've been out saying in that time. So, Edward, as frustrating as this question is, what the fuck is going on with Ben Eubank? Like literally, we're like, yeah, but you, you what? Say, but you say that. What's going on with Ben Eubank? But you've not heard from any of the teams about. Oh, it's close. Oh, we're drafting contracts. Oh, we're doing this. All you're responding to is hearsay. So there's been a number of news stories that have been out that have been completely untrue. There are talks between myself and Callie Sourland. That's obvious. But, you know, I saw stuff like two weeks ago. It's signed. It's Gareth Davis. Gareth Davis. Or whoever, Chris McKenna. I mean, these are, look, these are good people, but they're wrong. They've been wrong. And there's always been some chats. And we are, we are in talks with Calla but at the same time you know I saw one two weeks ago it's just the weight that's holding it up absolute rubbish it wasn't the weight holding it up it's just it's it's a massive fight and it's not a fight that we anticipated happening it's a fight I guess people it's like a dream matchup obviously because of the history but it's not signed you know we're not um going to announce today like I'm talking to Calla. There's, there's been conversations, but a lot of what you've heard. So when you say, when are you going to announce it? The answer is, we might not. But you're just saying that because of stuff you've read on social media. This is why we need more catch-ups. But also, I don't want to say something that, again, is going to upset anyone on that instance because I want to try and 
possibly make what would be a massive fight. But it's, there's a lot of talks going on, a long way to go. There's a lot of talks with other opponents as well. October the 8th for Conor Ben is the date at the O2 Arena. Is it going to be Chris Eubank Jr.? Maybe. It would be just out of this world and bizarre and just one of those once-in-a-lifetime matchups. But there's a very good chance it could be a welterweight matchup as well. I don't understand your tactics at the moment. Do you know when? Do you know when? Do you know when I know this is serious? Let's talk tactical. No, but can I just? What are you saying? What you don't understand my tactics? I've just told you the truth. There's no tactics. The truth is, I want a big fight for Conor Ben. The Chris Eubank Jr. fight is a fight since they've both turned pro. That was just one of those matchups. They couldn't, could they? Imagine that. Imagine if they the, the Suns fought, and you know. But there's no tactics. I'm not. I'm. I'm looking for the biggest fight for Conor Ben. Our sole strategy is for him to become a world champion at welterweight. There is an opportunity, potentially, for this matchup that would be, as we said, talked about, just a huge matchup for British boxing. But things have got to be right. And it, we don't, you know, Connor, this is a fight that Connor's always wanted. This is different, this fight. It's not about world championships. It's not about, I guess you could say, legacy. But this is. Not personal, but it's historic. So we're considering it on that basis. But we also have a strategy at 147. Um, and things have got to be right around the, around the park. So we're talking to Cal. I'm not going to say any more about it because there's not really a lot to tell you other than myself and Cal have got a history of trying to make and wanting to make big fights. And if there's a way, perhaps it happens. Can you... All right, OK. I will move on from this because I'm kind of getting the vibe from your, your conversation. But hold you on. never have to move on. You you never have to move on. Right, can you just address point, the the, the reports about the weight issue being an issue? Well, the weight obviously the weight is going to be an issue. The rehydration, more specifically. Yeah, no, that was what I saw on the store about rehydration. It's not true. In principle, the weight is fairly agreed. So, like, but again, there's specifics of the weight. It has to be right. But we're not like. When we got into a situation with the, with when I saw the stories breaking, there were so many other bits of the deal still to do. Like it wasn't that the weight was an issue, but I think we're in a place where the weight would be comfortable to Connor and to Chris. But again, it's you know Wasserman have got to be happy, Junior's got to be happy, Connor's got to be happy, Tony's got to be happy, and it's just it's just one of those fights that just comes around like I said once in a lifetime. But it's got to be right because it's not a cash out fight for us. Conor Ben is a huge star with a huge future. He believes, we believe, he can beat Chris Eubank Jr. And obviously, we know the rewards of that fight financially. It's just, a, it's just an epic fight. But there's a long way to go. Um, does that mean we can get it made? Possibly. And, and things change in one conversation. You talk about the timeline for this interview. You know, maybe we announce it before you put this out. That would really fuck you. <laughs> has the weight, though, been agreed? That catch weight, has that been agreed? Yeah, I mean... It's never. It's one of those where you're never going to get to a point where everyone's really happy, because Junior's at 160, Connor's at 147. He coming against Van Heerden at a huge weight in the ring. It's going to be a disadvantage for Connor Ben the weight, but you know Chris Eubank Junior is going to have to come down lower than he's at to in a long time. So um, we don't feel that the weight will be too much of a disadvantage to win this fight. Otherwise, we wouldn't be taking this fight. We don't. Look, financially, yes, huge. But Conor Ben has a massive future. We fancy this fight, one, because it's huge, and two, because we think he can win. And he thinks he can win. And it's it's just everything about it. It's, it's, it's a dream matchup, but it's got to be right. And don't be surprised to see Conor Ben fighting someone else on October the 8th because we've kept our options open, but we're almost at decision time, like I'm talking about in the next few days. So the good news is, our relationship with Caller is fantastic and, you know, he's, uh, we just, you know, everybody wants to make the biggest fights possible. But that fight, despite what you've read, we're not signing that contract this afternoon. Tonight, maybe, but not this afternoon. Okay, so as it stands at four o'clock, Ben Newbank, a potential fight between Ben and Newbank on the 8th of October is not done as it stands that at four is, o'clock. That is one million percent. True and correct. Will his next fight then be at the O2, though? Who? 
Connor Benz. If you listen to me, yeah. you would have heard me say about three minutes ago, Connor Benz's next fight is October the 8th at the O2 okay. Arena. Sorry. Okay. Just checking. I just filled it. If we're going to do this, you have to follow. Because yeah, that, but you talk a lot and you talk in riddles sometimes as well, so I miss riddles. the O2 bit. I know it's at the O2. You tell me I'm talking in riddles and I'm talking in tactics. I'm not. I'm just talking to you like we're in a pub. Right, can I tell you what I'm making reference to? A month ago, you teased this fight, I believe, yeah, in one of my interviews because you went, oh, I've got something coming this year, like a British clash, blah, 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 blah. And then you, it's a bit of you, blah, blah. This is an interview. And then two weeks later, I asked you about it, you went... I don't know what you're on about, mate. The other day, I interviewed you and Connor at your last fight night at the O2 with Chizora and Pulev. Yeah. It wasn't the you, other day, it was about two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. You completely dismissed it. Because yeah. it's not, it wasn't close then. Look, that fight has been talked about for ages and we'd love to make that fight. But when you interviewed me, it wasn't close. Is it closer now? We're talking. We're talking. If it does happen, if it does happen. It's going to be October the 8th, really. Will it be pay-per-view? Uh, yes. Absolutely. One of the biggest fights. Take my money. <laughs> One of the biggest fights I've ever done. Okay, let's move away from this. Oh, thank God for that. Okay. Um, no Eubank then. No AJ. No DAZN pay-per-view. You can take that. What? <laughs> yeah. Come on, mate. We uh, no, keep no, everything raw. Um Edward, so I see a car pulled up on your lawn now. Yeah, we're doing. Um, um, so it's Frank Smith's thirtieth birthday. It was on Sunday, so I'm, I've thrown a little uh, barbecue and DJ and everything for him tonight here for for the team. Oh. I like the way you said the team. So when I'm well, done no, here, I'm gonna. When I started saying it, <laughs> your eyes were lighting up, going, "Oh, he must have invited me because we're going to do the interview, and he's going to go to me. Why don't you hang around for the team?" No problem, mate. I've got things to do anyway. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, mate. Um, okay, announced today. Joshua uh, Usyk two um, will be on Sky Sports box office yeah. on August the twentieth. Mm -hmm. To your understanding, what was the delay in this? Because there seemed to be a delay in this announcement. Yeah, I don't honestly don't know. I mean, again, we talk about hearsay. I heard a bit more than what everyone else would hear, but a lot of the early reports were. Sky had done a deal. The talks with the zone, you know, and Saudi stopped quite a while ago. There was other talks about international markets, but as far as we were concerned, the deal with Sky was done weeks ago. Um, I don't know what the delay was in announcing. Obviously, it's only three weeks to go. Saturday, come around so quick. I know, um, but yeah, it wasn't a surprise. We were kind of waiting on an announcement. We had no involvement in the decision making for the. TV rights around the event, the ticket sales for the event, you know that, you know the format for this show. Um, and yeah, obviously it was announced today. Um, I think an, a price of 26.95 has been uh, confirmed today. I saw it on some of the, the artwork for it. What, what's, your, what's your thoughts on that, on that pricing? I know everyone asks you about pricing. Yeah, thankfully, I'm not, I mean, I'm not on that side of the fence anymore. We're after to justify any pricing or, you know, look, we all know it's a very competitive market at the moment. You know, Sky have made a, made a play for this fight. One, because it's a very big fight, but two, for business reasons and strategy reasons as well. So sometimes when that happens, you have to overpay for something and there has to be a way to make that money back. And obviously, I guess that's, you know, I can't comment because I'm not involved in that process. I don't represent Sky and boxing, but they've got to make the numbers add up and that's charging more money to the consumer. Um, it's two pounds it's a big fight you know um, obviously £19.99 has always been a, a, a regular pay-per-view price £24.95 was an AJ pay-per-view price that's now increased to £26.95 is it I think that you know prices are going up all the time like, I'm not going to sit here and say I can't believe Scott put the money up on pay-per-view but they've, they've had to spend a lot of money for this fight and that's their way of, of making it work. Hypothetically, if this fight had landed on the zone pay-per-view, would you have looked at that same price bracket or would it have been lower? Or is it was a bit of a mystical question because you know, that, that was never going to happen. Um, it's one for the zone. I think that 
their pricing would be in line with market pay-per-view pricing, which was the previous numbers. But again, that's that's a question for them. Um, but you know, like I said, all these things have to make sense. And there's um, AJ has pledged his future to design. So this fight was always outside of that agreement, and Sky felt it very important to get this fight, even though he's pledged his long-term future to DAZN. And to do that, they had to, I guess, pay a lot of money. And to justify that money, they had to put the price up for the consumer. So I've seen the response, and it's quite weird for me because I spent years seeing that response and feeling that response and having to justify the decision behind stuff, you know? I was very much um, the guy that would be in front of the camera having to justify things. And it's quite nice not having to justify things all the time anymore. It's one of the reasons we looked at a different model. But at the same time, I get it. You know, I get it. it it's that the deal didn't make sense for design And it doesn't make sense for Sky. But... They did it for different reasons, in my opinion, but they also had to justify that decision from a financial perspective. So it is what it is. When AJ or the deal was done for him to kind of commit his future to the zone, obviously, aside from this upcoming fight, was it generally like a, a battle or was it always steering the direction of Sky Sports would end up getting this fight That's with right. Busek? Yeah. Uh, it was just, you know, Sky Sports wanted to sign a long term deal with Anthony Joshua. He, us, 258, we weighed up everything. We decided DAZN was the best platform for him to move forward on. Um, but everyone knew when we did that that the Saudi fight, we didn't control the rights for that fight. So we, we might get it. Of course, we'd have conversations. We might not. There was conversations. Um, Sky's offer was obviously better. DAZN were asked to improve that offer. They declined. And Sky Sports got it. It was pretty straightforward. But... Um, of course, we would have liked to have it on DAZN because the rest of his career is on DAZN and not on Sky. But they wanted to make sure they got it. And I understand it's a big fight. And obviously, you know, it's competitive at the moment. So, um, I'm sure, you know, DAZN had direct conversations with, with Saudi and uh, they just felt that it wasn't, you know, they had the understanding of the value of the fight and obviously they couldn't get to a number that somebody else could hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. But ultimately, because you kind of knew this situation and you knew that there was a chance of obviously after AJ signed that deal with the zone that it could go sky, it could go to zone, etc. But you're not disappointed about the fact that it's not on the zone. Of course you are, but I mean, I'm not. You know, I haven't been sort of struggling today, sort of. You know, um, but. We've known for a while that it was, and that was, you know, that's always potential. Um, we know, you know, I know around what they paid and I know the numbers that I think it will generate and sometimes things make sense, sometimes they don't make sense, but sometimes you make decisions for other reasons, not just, I talked before about spite, it's not necessarily about spite, it's tactics behind everything, you know, your favourite word just then. Sometimes, and, and we'll do it, you know, sometimes we'll pay a fighter a purse that actually doesn't make sense but in the bigger picture it might be strategic or it might be this is a game of snakes and ladders boxing in the ring and out the ring you know and I always say to fighters snakes and ladders is a great way to describe your career because you know you're moving up the ladder and it's just a constant game of hustling and moving up the ladder you've got to mind the snakes every now and again you'll find one and you'll come back down again you have to rebuild and go again. And that's the same in the business of boxing. You know, there's just a lot more snakes. That's a different interview. Um, Lee would come up with a, an interesting... I saw it, yeah. yeah. he said that, um, for people who haven't seen it, he said that he believes that 
in purse bid situations, he p- thinks that generally there are promoters out there that just overbid and pay more money just to fuck you over. Or not fuck you over, but just to get one over on you. Yeah. The same thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, 100%. 100. Lee, Lee, Lee Wood's very bright. He's been around the game for a long time. Our, this is, and what he also said in the same quote was how good it was for fighters. And that is the case. And people, life is about, business is about, success is about being consistent. Consistency in life is everything. If you do the right things continuously, if you work as hard as you can, you will find results, you will find success. But if you do things wrong, again and again and again, it won't work. You can come into this sport, you can come into this business and you can attack and you can frame it, but if the model's wrong, if the strategy's wrong, it doesn't matter how good you are, it doesn't matter how hard you're working, consistency of doing the right thing is key. And that's what we do. So you'll get these times. I mean, I find it laughable now. I mean, look, say that we make Eubank against Ben in October. I sometimes read comments and I say, whoa, say what, Hearns, I mean, when's Hearn making the big fights? I mean, August the 20th, we've got Usyk against Joshua 2. September 17th, we've got Canelo Alvarez against Triple G3 in Vegas. And potentially October 8th, we've got Eubank Ben at the O2. I mean, these are three of the biggest fights in boxing over a three-month period. It's like, and I see some of the other shows, and I just think to myself, we, we are, like, the, our perception of what we need to be delivering is so much harsher than anybody else. And I find that flattering. But it's consistency over time. My, my legacy in business and sport won't be judged on this 12-month window. It'll be judged on the 20 years or 30 years that I'm involved in boxing or any sport. But I come back to consistency. Boxing's full of fur coat, no knickers. You know, we've got this, and then you take the fur coat off, and there's nothing underneath. There's no substance. There's no credibility. There's no integrity. So we just keep doing the right things. But you have to keep making the right decisions. And that's why I come back to the Sky and Zone thing. Zone could have got this fight. You don't think Lem Blavatnik could have pulled up and said, whatever happens. But it, the business has to be right. It's not a game of ego and just, we've got to get it. We've got any price. Wrong. Wrong. Calm down. Breathe. Do the right things. Be consistent. And, and that's what we'll do. It's a long, long game. Long game. Uh, like you. No, but I mean that. You will, over time, you have proved consistently that you are the best out there. People say to me all the time, well, you give Coogan time. Oh, you couldn't give us an interview, but you gave, yeah, you know why? Because he does the biggest numbers. I don't particularly like the geezer, but if he didn't do the numbers, I wouldn't even give you the time of day. If you phoned me, I wouldn't even, know, I'd, I actually wouldn't even save your number. That was a joke. But, well, it's actually not a joke, but... Do you understand? But consistently, and you, there, there will be new outlets come in, right, that attack you and want to be the new IFL one. It's consistency over time. You work harder than all the other outlets. I don't think you're very good, like genuinely. I don't think you're the greatest interviewer in the world. But what you've done is you've worked really hard at hustling, getting the contact and getting pl- places where people can't. Consistency. You've worked very hard for a very long period of time doing the same thing again and again and again. You haven't had three months where you've gone, do you know what, my head's gone a little bit, I'm just going to disappear. You've stayed at it, you've kept hustling. And that's what you do every day. Every day I'm hustling. I can't do those things now, I'm getting old. But it's a good lesson to people out there. When you think things aren't going your way, when, when the putts aren't dropping, you know, when you think nothing's going your way, consistency, keep working hard, keep doing the right things. I promise you, it will lead to results it's like anything isn't it losing weight trying to run faster trying to you know hit sales in the business like if you do the right things consistently time and time again and you put the hard work in you'll get results and that is my little gem for the day back to the boxing okay compliment in there somewhere thank you Edward um Right, let's talk about the card. Is it done, dusted? For August 20th, it's, yeah. uh, the undercard has been announced. Obviously, mm-hmm. Callum Smith um, against Baldlead for a final yeah. eliminator. Hergovic Zang. Ramla Ali. Tyrone Spong. Yes, against Tabita. Tabita. Yeah. As you see from the card, 
there are a number of fights that Saudi Skills Challenge have chose to put on the card. A lot of people who have, you know, friends of Prince Khalid or he's, you know, he's followed in the past and that's a good fight. Our fights on the card, um, obviously, Philip Hergovic against Zile Zhang, final eliminator for the world heavyweight title. Great fight. Callum Smith against Borderleek, number one and number two in the WBC. Final eliminator for Arta Betabiev, WBC world title. Ramlar Ali becoming the first female to fight in Saudi Arabia on a big TV show. Um, could be another fight from us being added as well. And uh, yeah, obviously the main event, the big one. Three weeks Saturday. Three weeks on Saturday. I saw um, some quotes from an interview uh, AJ did, I think it was with JD Sport. Yeah, and he talks about, doesn't feel like he's kind of had that kind of respect and recognition as much, but the respect for, for what he's done uh, over his career. Um, obviously, we know what he's talking about, but from your perspective, how do you kind of assess his mood by, by talking about those kind of things now? I think, he, I mean, I, I, I watched the interview. I thought it was a very good interview, and I thought, I think he's right. I don't think he's got the credit or respect he deserves. I feel like sometimes it's a funny country and we're a funny bunch of people that you only get the credit once you're done and gone and at the same time once you become so successful you actually people don't actually want to give you the credit anyway so there's always been like there's nothing better than hard facts to establish whether you should give someone credit or not or if they've done well and there's always been this stigma with Anthony Joshua that, oh, well, he won Olympic gold and, you know, he got Charles Martin for the heavyweight title and, you know, he's had all these easy fights and easy... Like, break it down and go back. I keep saying, he has the best resume in boxing. In the current heavyweight standings, you can't say he doesn't. He's got wins over Dillian White. He's got wins over Vladimir Klitschko. He's got wins over Alexander Povetkin. He's got wins over Andy Ruiz, Joseph Parker in the unification. Carlos Takem when he was active and dangerous... I mean, going back, Brazil, Charles Martin, I know they're not elite, elite guys, but consistently over time. And, and now he's fighting Usyk again for the second time. In, like, but at the end of the day, like, do you want credit? Do you want respect? Like, What is important to you in your life? I think you have to understand with AJ, he's not fighting for money. He's fighting for a love for the sport. And when people don't acknowledge that or people don't respect your CV or like you know you get a lot of people who don't give, don't give a fuck what people think they don't care about legacy they don't want to be respected in the game they just want money he's not that guy he's a boxing fan he wants to go down as a great that's the reason he's taken all these fights so, you know, do you know how many people when he lost to Usyk went oh you should never have taken Usyk should have swerved that one should have just vacated the belt I mean imagine if he vacated the belt like, like, I know but he wanted to fight Usyk because everyone said how good Usyk was. People had Usyk on a pound-for-pound list in the top five. He wanted... AJ wants, not necessarily just you, but you to believe that he's a pound-for-pound great. That's what's important to him. That should be respected. Not, oh, he just wants money, money, money. No, that's my job. I want money, money, money for AJ because I know how difficult this sport is and dangerous it is. I want to make him as much money as I can. He wants to go down as a great... When people talk about his resume, he loves the fact that he's fought these guys. He loved the fact that he rematched Ruiz straight off the bat when everyone said, have an easy fight. He loves the fact that he's going straight back in with Usyk when everyone went, don't go back in with Usyk. Because he's trying to prove to you that he is a great. And if, by the way, if he beats, and I believe when he beats Alexander Usyk, let's just make one thing clear. We give him respect as a heavyweight great. I mean, like... Can we just establish that now so that when it happens, everyone says, fair enough? Like, this is a good man. This is a good man with a good heart. And he, he honestly, he wants, he's, he loves the sport. And this fight is about making history. This fight is, but he is, there is part of him that's searching for respect. And I, don't, I think that interview is quite pure because not a lot of people will say that. You know, most fighters, won't they? They'll say, I don't care about respect. But he does. He wants, and I think maybe a couple of years ago he said he didn't. He, he would have said he didn't, but he always wanted it. He wants to be respected as a great fighter. He's a great fighter. He's got a very tough fight ahead of him. But if and when he when he wins, let's let's put him down as as an all time great. 
If Alexander Usyk sits on the pound-for-pound pound list at one or two or three, which he has to, and AJ beats him on August 20th, let's see him in that pound-for-pound pound list. You know? Do you think the, the general public, how do you think they view this fight? A lot of people that I kind of just speak to in the street about it more so uh, rather than the actual boxing world. Um, favour Alexander Usyk, which is understandable. But how do you think like, kind of the public are, are looking at this? Do you think they're looking at it as like Usyk? Because I'm not seeing too many people kind of out and out backing Joshua to win this fight. And I think that's fantastic, to be honest with you. I, I love AJ as the underdog in this fight, and he's the underdog because he lost the first one. Um, and there is an argument that Usyk may be improving as a heavyweight, getting used to the weight getting used to fighting guys of that size. I know he's done it before in the amateurs. But I think unquestionably Anthony is the, the underdog in this fight. And I like that. Um, in terms of the general public, I think that the one thing I get stopped the most about is when's Anthony Joshua fighting Tyson Fury? Oh, he's got to fight Usyk first. Oh, yeah, blimey. But, so, but again, look, to be honest with you, AJ could have just probably skipped this fight and fought Tyson Fury. That fight's always going to be the biggest in boxing, isn't it? But he doesn't want to. He wants to win his belts back. He thinks he can beat Alexander Usyk. So he should be getting tremendous credit for not just fighting him once, but going straight back into the rematch. Uh, obviously, since we've last spoke, I know Fury's kind of repeatedly kind of made these videos about, you know, if this fight with Anthony Joshua happens, he you know, wants it for free and free to air and free on with tickets, etc., etc. I mean, are you taking note of what he's saying at all. I think, that, I think Tyson Fury's done something that is quite remarkable. I mean, he's done a lot of remarkable things. But one of the great skills, which I would love to have, is the ability to talk absolute bollocks and for people just to, be, just to believe you. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I mean, like, it was, it was a week or two ago where he said, I'm not coming out of retirement. You have to give me 500 million to bring me out of retirement. And then last week he said, I'll fight Joshua for free. I mean, it doesn't take anyone with a great deal of common sense to go, that don't make sense. Yet people go, that is amazing. I've got people messaging me saying, sign the contract. Tyson's willing to do the fight for free. It's like, oh my God. It's so difficult to have a sensible conversation. But he's, he's, it's like when he says, I'm going to give all my money away to the homeless. And everyone went, what a nice guy. Do you know Tyson Fury gave his whole purse away to the homeless? It's like... But, you know, that's, a, that's an ability that he has. Um, my job in this very dangerous sport is to make sure that I always get my clients, my fighters, and, and at many moments, my friends, what they deserve from this sport. So I certainly wouldn't let one of my fighters go into a fight, the biggest fight in boxing, and do it for free because I just wouldn't, and that's just being honest. And nor would he. Let's just make one thing clear. So you can say what you want about that. When that fight happens, it'll be the biggest fight in the history of the sport. And both fighters should be royally rewarded for that. But, you know, I, I know that, you know, I think someone from Tyson's team's reached out to Chisora about fighting him in December. Now, who knows whether he's going to come back, wherever he works, I don't know. Um... But that fight's massive, and listen, win or lose for AJ on August 20th, that fight's always massive. But we want—that's what I was about to ask you. Yeah. Yes, I think that I—I th I believe actually that AJ Fury will always will happen, regardless of August 20th. But I said, if and when AJ wins, that fight is 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 it the biggest fight in the history of the sport, not just of our generation, the history of the sport. And Tyson's, look, Tyson's brilliant. Like, jokes aside about, you know, he's a character, he's a great fighter, he's funny, what he's come back from is incredible. I give him all the respect in the world. I just take what he says with a pinch of salt. Yeah, you mentioned Derek Chisora there, obviously, a couple of weeks on from 
a win. And it was good to see kind of Derek in that mood after the fight. He was so happy that yeah. kind of he'd won that fight, etc. Um, a, a lot of criticism uh, when Deontay Wilder's name is mentioned to Derek. I think Umar interviewed him a, a week ago, and you know he asked him about that criticism, and he's like. Those people are not built like me. That's what I want to go and do. But, but they're also, like they're, they're they're almost criticising you for suggesting that that fight's a possibility. I, for me, do I like the fight? I think it's a very dangerous fight. I actually think he can win the fight. In all honesty, but he could also get brutally knocked out in that fight. But the other thing that I'll say, as the plane goes over, is Deontay Wilder is potentially going to fight someone from the top fifteen. So. Why shouldn't it be the guy that just beat Kubrat Pulev? Like, he, there is a chance that Deontay Wilder's next opponent could be worse. And I say worse because it's not even like a, a negative being worse because, you know, Derek Chisora is a top fighter. Then Derek Chisora. Worse is the wrong word. Not as good as Derek Chisora. So why shouldn't Derek get the opportunity? Derek wants that fight. Derek wants the biggest fight out there. And, um,. You know, I, I don't know what Deontay Wilder's going to do, but if it's Derek Chisora, you know, it, it's over to him and his team. Have you had any recent conversations with Dillian White and his team, or just his team or him? Uh, yes, both, both actually. I mean, there's a couple of, obviously, look, he represents Fabio Wardley, who's under contract with us. He represents Alan Babich with us, and. So there's been conversations on those, and there's also been conversations on his future. He's had an offer from us, he's had an offer from Sky, he's had an offer from BT. Um, and I feel that the best years of Dillian White's career have been with us. I think we've done an unbelievable job for him. You know, he'll know how good we are because he's dealt with other people in his career as well. And hopefully he chooses to finish his career, which still has a long way to go, but he's in the lat, you know, the potentially the last phase of that career with us and again going back to the other conversations we'll do the right thing we, we really want to work with Dillian I think he's a great fighter I like him personally always done great business but it'll have to be right for us it'll have to be right for him but of course there's some big fights out there for him I'm assuming that AJ's in that list of That's, Dillian I mean, White yeah, obviously AJ is with us he's with the zone and AJ against Dillian White is another fight like AJ Fury that will probably always happen. So, you know, there's big fights. You talk about Wilder fight. Dillian White against uh, Wilder is a big fight. Big fight. And, you know, we, we can deliver that in many different countries. Um, and we have some huge fights there out, out there for Dillian White globally, to be honest. So we'll, um, we'll see what's next. Um, have you had any conversations with Billy Joe Saunders of of recent times, like in the last week or so? Um, not the last week. I spoke to him maybe a couple of weeks ago. Um, look, I think Billy's one of those guys, as many fighters are, that they need that date. They need that opponent. I think we've probably, again, it's got to be right for Billy. It's got to be right for us. And if it's not, then you know we, we won't do anything together. Um, I'd love to see him back. I think there's some big fights out there for him, but I'm not sure what the future holds. Um, looks like Cambosis and, and Haney is now set, is it, for October? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's a tough one because, you know, when they signed that deal, I mean, obviously I was competing in that deal, so I know the numbers. They've got to find a way to find the money to do Cambosis Haney in Australia. The fight is not appealing because of the first fight. Um, so I don't know who's going to pay for that fight and that means it's very difficult because if you're George Cambosis he must make sure he gets that rematch in Australia because that's what was agreed but I don't know where they get the money from for it and if you're Devin Haney you're sitting pretty because you're saying I'm going to make a fortune for the rematch and I won the first fight easy and I'm going to win the second fight easy so I don't know it's, again not involved in any way but it's a bit of a I could see how that is going to throw up some problems but maybe they get the funding and, and they just roll on for October but we'll see but you believe after this fight um, with the rematch with Haney and Cambosis that you, you believe you'll work with Haney again I, don't know. I mean I think top rank have got some great options for Devin Haney Lomachenko 
is a big fight. Maybe he could move to 140. We'd love to work with Devin again. Um, and, you know, look, he's undisputed. He's, he's the king of the lightweight divisions. And I think if he doesn't move up now to 140, it'll only be a matter of time. What's the current situation regarding, we mentioned Lee Wood earlier, but the Santa Cruz fight, I understand that Santa Cruz isn't accepted or to fight him. He has. I mean, look, we, we got good news and bad news on that. The good news was the WBA said, no, Leo Santa Cruz, you have to fight Lee Wood. The bad news is they ordered it at 75-25, you know, back almost from 60-40, which is, I feel, unfair to Lee Wood, means that he won't get the payday he deserves for that fight. So we're talking to the PBC. Do we allow the unification? Do we have another fight for Lee Wood in September? Do we make the Josh Warrington unification? I mean, there's, there's huge fights out there for Lee Wood. He's actually in a really good position. But we just need to establish with Lee and Ben the immediate future. So I actually spoke to him this morning, and Lee Wood fight news could be dropping very soon. OK, Josh Warrington, uh, a November return for Josh? Yeah, it looks like it. I mean, look, he has a mandatory against the Mexican who beat Isaac Lowe. It's a tough fight but very likely has to get that out of the way. You know, he's been out for a while with his broken jaw. I think you'll see him back in November. And then it's all eyes on the Lee Wood unification. Lee Wood will become, you know, if Leo Santa Cruz doesn't fight Lee Wood, he will ultimately become super champion. Then we do Lee Wood against Josh Warrington, Ellen Road or City Ground. Flip a coin if you like, massive unification. But both guys must come through to the next fight yet. And, and maybe you see the Santa Cruz-Lee Wood fight, but just want to make sure Lee, Lee Wood has had he's a, he's a brilliant story Lee Wood you know we, he was in the office the other day and we were talking about I think he got 15 grand to fight Reese Mould for the British title behind closed doors and now he's making an absolute fortune and it's so nice to see him do so and I want to make sure that I make him as much money as possible and I really feel like he's improving with Ben Davison you know he could go on and unify this division and Nottingham's behind him and it feels good, you know, it feels good to see him doing so well. And I feel like there's there's a lot of chapters left to write. And interested in watching Jake Paul and Hassan oh, Rackman Jr.? Really interested in that fight because I, I haven't seen enough. I keep going on, like I went on Hassan Rackman's uh, Instagram last night just to try and watch him hit pads because this is either a brilliant bit of matchmaking from Jake Paul or a, just a terrible mistake of being under pressure to to do something from it's almost like you know when we go back to legacy and I, I think legacy is a word we can't really throw into a Jake Paul boxing conversation but he wants respect from the boxing industry so sometimes you make decisions and you know when I talk about AJ sometimes he's made decisions that people who think they're smart and like would have not done you know when we boxed Andy Ruiz at the garden a lot of people Don King particularly said to me you're mad fight Trevor Bryan. Why would you fight Andy Ruiz? It's like because Josh said, if I'm going to fight Madison Square Garden, I want a real fight. Why would you not vacate and just swerve Usyk? Because I want to, don't rematch him. Are you, you know, no, I want to rematch him. And with Jake Paul, I feel like he's been under that much pressure to fight a real fighter that he's actually had, like, what you have to respect Jake Paul for is, at this stage in, of his career, for the level of opposition he's faced, this is a very dangerous fight. So he's kind of done what you're all asking him to do. And I'm quite intrigued to see how it plays out. I think uh, a pay-per-view price has been announced in America of just under $60. Well, listen, I mean, it's irrelevant, but the, with the dollar rate at the moment, that's about £50. So look, that's just the price point in America, isn't it? It always has been. And it's, it's just what people are used to. And... Uh, they continue to pay it, but obviously you've got to make sure as, as the person asking the consumer for the money that the quality is there and it's, it's worth the money. That's it's like every product. OK, just a, a couple more, Edward, before I let you crack on with your barbecue that you've not invited me to. Um, oh, it looks quite nice here now. Yeah. Um, a word on Liam Smith. Obviously, um, signed a deal now with um, Sky Sports and Boxer, but you had some really good kind of nights with, with Liam Smith. Yeah, I haven't. I mean, we haven't worked together that much, but it's been an enjoyable ride. I mean, we did the Anthony Fowler fight that sold out the Echo. It was brilliant. Um, the Jesse Vargas fight he fought at Madison Square Garden. I gave him a fight in Mexico. Um, he boxed Sam Eggington. I mean, we had, I mean, I've definitely given him probably the most enjoyable part of his career. And I love the Smith family and I love Liam. We had a 
really good conversation that you know will come around a lot in a competitive market which is ed this is what i've been offered what do you think and the answer is if, if it's real take it and that's what he's done i think he's fighting september 3rd in liverpool um as a sort of tick over or run out and then they're going to look to put him in a big fight he's, he's at the back end of his career he should be trying to make as much money as possible great fighter underrated fighter great lad as well great family and you know just i think it was the right thing to do and, and so you know i saw an interview the other day with chris billam smith he, he was absolutely spot on sometimes we can't deliver certain things and other people can and vice versa and you know it's a short career and if an opportunity presents itself sometimes you need to look at it especially if you're not you don't feel like you're a priority which sometimes that's the case with threats to our nation waiting around every corner adaptability is more important than ever when conditions change without notice quick strategic thinking is crucial and with obstacles consistently impending determination is essential in overcoming them it's this willingness decisiveness and resilience that sets marines apart with our fighting spirit we don't just fight battles we win them marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown and through adaptable problem solving we do just that learn more at marines.com what's the current situation with Lawrence Okole? Um he has one fight left on his contract we spoke the other day because you know, I didn't like some of the things that he put up we had a good ch- sort of clear the air chat about he said you said this and I said that and um, he had approaches from promoters and broadcasters who have tried to get him to breach his agreement and have interfered with those agreements um, we'll see what happens like you know so when, when you do a great job for someone and you kind of had their back for a long time it's, it's, quite, dis, it's quite a disheartening sport and business that you feel that someone would act in a certain way the problem is, is in boxing, there's a lot of people in your ear that have absolutely no clue about the sport or about business in general. And um, I think with Lawrence, we've won with him, British, Commonwealth, European. You know the story, got him in a mandatory position for the world title without fighting anyone. Got him Glowatsky for the vacant title, become a world champion, paid him a lot of money. And... Um, trying to make that unification but you know if his future's with us after that fight we'll see if he wants to go elsewhere you know we'll shake hands and, and wish him all the best but we've invested a lot of money in Lawrence Okoli we lost a, a lot of money on Lawrence Okoli over the years but we've done it because I believed in him I like him um, I wanted to help him in his dreams which we've done changed his life completely and um, you know hopefully when he sees clearly he can look at the job that we've done and how we've helped him change his life and we can just act like men, shake hands if that's the case. And But we should always be respected for, for what we've done and how we've backed him. So as far as you're concerned with this this one fight, which I'll say was in question, um, he wanted that and he, his next fight will be under you? Yeah, I think he's pretty... I mean, look, we speak to his lawyers and his team, it's pretty much accepted that he has a fight left. And you know, a, lot, a lot of things have been said, a lot of things have happened... I'm not going to go into what was said and, you know, we'll, we'll talk respectfully as men and see where his future goes. You know, he's he's going to move up to the heavyweight division, I, I feel. I feel there's some big fights for him. Um, but I don't want to be, I don't, I don't want to work with people that don't want to work with us. I feel like if I was a fighter, I'd want to be here. I'd want to be with us. But if you don't, then, you know, it's not, it's like any relationship. You don't want to be in it. It's not a great place to be, is it? So... Um, we'll have to see what, what the future holds. What's happening with Joshua Boazzi at the moment? So we've made Joshua Boazzi an offer to fight Dimitri Bivol. The WBA ordered Bivol Ramirez. We've put in an application for an exception, uh, potentially for Bivol Boazzi. So we'll have to see what's next for Dimitri. We're negotiating with Dimitri now, as he's under contract with Matram, um, for his next fight. And we'll see what's next for him. Uh, if we don't fight for the WBA title, there is the option of a now final eliminator for Joshua Boazzi against Jean Pascal that's been ordered. Yeah. But obviously the aim would be to fight straight for the world title. So we'll see how that plays out. That should play out in the next week. Alan Babbage, 
Uh, Alan Babich will return probably end of September, early October. We talked about the Dave Allen fight, potentially. Obviously, he's a WBC silver bridgeweight champion. We'd like him to fight for that world title against Oscar Rivas. That's a very tough fight. But Dave's... Basically, at the moment, you get to a stage in July where we're about to announce our September, October, November schedule. And everyone, every fighter is waiting for, to be able to announce and get their slot. And that is happening this morning. That is happening non-stop. And... Uh, We'll make sure that uh, everybody gets their opportunity, everyone is active, and you'll see our full schedule coming shortly. And we'll be, will we be impressed with your full schedule? You will be impressed with our schedule, particularly the number of big fights, and globally what we're doing, new markets, um, plenty of shows, plenty of activity, some great fights acquired by the zone. Watch this space. Let's just finish off by talking about Canelo and Glofin because that's going to creep around right. really quickly. It's seven weeks this Saturday. If you haven't checked out the Canelo Alvarez Triple G card, I mean, not just that fight, but Jesse Rodriguez on that card as well in a great fight against Israel Gonzalez. Last night we announced Akhmadov against Rosado. Great fight. Diego Pacheco on that card. Amo Williams against Kieran Conway. Like I said, it's a really, really good card. September 17th is going to be massive. And that's... Can't believe. Feels like we've we announced that fight two months ago. We've still got seven weeks to go till that fight. So long way to go. Both guys training hard. Gennady and Big Bear, Canelo and San Diego, and uh, get ready for a massive night September seventeenth. Eddie, just dawn on me quickly. Do you expect Anthony Joshua to fight in December? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the, the, one of the problems we've had with AJ is, of course, activity, and and a lot of that is down to COVID. A lot of that is because he only fights twice a year. The one thing he wants more than anything is activity and, and December will definitely be his next fight. What a shame we ain't got no fight camp this year, mate. I, I do miss it. It came around very quickly. I think, you know, with fight camp, like, do you remember the first one during COVID? It was, it was such a unique experience, wasn't it, that obviously there was no one here. And then when we brought fans in, it was an amazing experience, but it was also a lot of work. And it was quite a weird feeling coming out here and seeing the garden full up with fight fans. And, but it was also amazing. And it was like, people talked about the ticket prices for that fight. It was the most unique experience. Like, talk to anyone that came to that fight camp. They'll all say the same thing. It was almost like a psychedelic, trippy experience being here in that, that environment. And fight camp will return. Will return one day. But not necessarily here. Well, it should be here because this is the home of Fight Camp. It's also the home of Matron. Okay, on that note, DJ's about can't to stick a burger before I go. Yeah, you can if it's ready. <laughs> Eddie Hearn, thank you very much. We'll look forward to some potential news if it happens, maybe. Lots of news, Lots of news coming. Are you talking to Eubank, Ben? Yeah, I don't know whether that fight's going to happen, but if it does, it'll be a monster, and if it does, you'll hear it first. Well, you won't, but you will. All oh, right, yeah, okay. Well, you'll hear it. I'm yeah, of course. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.